Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Demo Team Podcast, your only source for Dance Gavin Dance and all things Dance Gavin Dance related. We're talking about swan core. We're talking about post-hardcore, math rock, mathematical equations. We've got it for you here. We're going to support that addiction today with a very, very special guest, Coletta. You've heard of him. I know you have. Now, um, one side note. Usually you, you have about four announcers here with you, your co-hosts. Uh, you have, uh, you know, Moses and David. They're here today. But um, Cash Spicer and uh, Ryan, they had to go help uh, Canadian D-list superheroes Alpha Flight with a very important mission for the MCU. Kind of, maybe, not really. But they're not going to be here today. But you have Coletta. So enjoy your time today with the Demo Team Podcast. What's up, guys? What's going hey, on? Up, man. How are you guys doing? Oh, you know, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, we're just, yeah just chilling. <laughs> For sure, man. Can you guys uh, introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm uh, Dylan, a uh, guitarist and singer. And uh, I'm Ryan Buck, bass player extraordinaire, <laughs> and, and guru all around. <laughs> I'm Zach, I play lead guitar. I'm Asylum, I play drums. <clears throat> That's all of us. Alright, alright. So, let's uh, let's get into it. Can you guys give us a brief history of the band? Like, let us know how you guys got started, how, how you met. Hey, man. So, uh, uh, it's Dylan talking. I basically just um, started Coletta, uh, wrote a couple songs... <clears throat> Read the first EP, Mind in Time, and then eventually I met Zach through a couple friends. Um, and then Zach introduced me to Asaf, and Asaf introduced us to Ryan. Um, but before Ryan, we our bassist was uh, Brandon Black, but then uh, he he's retired bassist now because he wanted to you know start a family and all that. But now we got Ryan and. He's a pretty badass bassist. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right on, yeah, right yeah. on. Um, took it from there. Nice. So what artists were you guys into growing up before you started the band? Was, was there anybody that you were listening to that like made you think, man, I really want to do this someday? Shakira. Shakira. <laughs> Selena. Hips don't lie, man. <laughs> yeah, man. man. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, the only way I'm getting a girl like that is if I'm in a famous rock band. Keisha Cole. <laughs> so, yeah. Dude, Keisha uh, Cole. I think this might sound embarrassing, but I think the first band that I was like, man, I want to be them is Yellow Card. No, that's not like, embarrassing at all. That's funny. Yeah. No, that's Con- cool. Or controversy aside, like they were, <laughs> they were legit, man. Oh, for real. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing them in uh, what was it? What was that game? SSX Tricky. I remember I didn't hearing. I didn't know they were on that. Or was it SSX Three? I think it was one of them. I heard Ocean Avenue for the first time. I was like, "This is sick." <laughs> That's funny. I just yeah. their, whole, their whole album. Yeah. Nice. Actually, heard of them a little before that. Uh, that album came out, but that was the one that really skyrocketed their career. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's when they blew up. <laughs> Uh, did you guys go to any shows growing up? I don't know. Was there any bands you guys saw live that, that kind of left in 
impression that also made you think I, I could do this? <laughs> oh, so many. Yeah, I was about <laughs> I to say, I, to start. I've been to a hundred thousand shows. Thousands. <laughs> um, Shit. Bring Me the Horizon. They were badass. Great. They put on a great show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... 311? 311? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean... Yeah. I was like, I saw, like... It's like, I can't narrow it down. Right? I was like, yeah, when I find, like, the... You know... There's got to be a band or a couple bands that you saw live that, I don't know, I feel might like have been like saw, your favorite show. When I saw This Town Needs Guns a few years ago, yeah. they really set the oh, bar straight hey. for me. Where I was like, damn, like, well, these guys animals. are doing a lot of shit. Was that wow. the show they played all animals all the way through? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. That show was it was dope, like the original singer. No, I mean, that was like even later. That was just a couple years ago. But I'm saying like years and years ago. I don't know. There's a bunch of bands. Depends. Um, there's like a really good uh, punk and hardcore punk scene here, and I grew up going to a lot of hardcore punk shows, even though that's nothing like what we sound. But yeah. it was like, and like being in hardcore punk bands and stuff growing up, it was just like it's giving me. It was a confidence builder, and just yeah. like it was catharsis at more than anything. So that was that was what music was for me personally growing up. Um, Zach speaking, but um, no, I mean yeah, everything. There was so much, so much music here growing oh, up that we Circus saw. Survive. Uh, Circus Survive was great. Um, yeah. I remember making friends with like Shane Garcia from uh, Hail the Sun like years before like Coletta was even like a thing. Like just going to shows. I met Dylan going to shows like at Dance Gavin dance shows and Hail the Sun shows. Just like. And even chit-chatting with, you know, Ben Rosette from Strawberry Girls, guys like that. The guys from Save Us from the Arkin, they're homies for sure. Um, it was like being in that scene, being enthralled in it really is what I feel like pushed for us to be like, man, like, let's, let's be part of it more than just like homies, you know, like, let's be like, yeah, dude, we, we make music too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was a lot of... Uh... Great names thrown out there. To me, one of the best shows that I saw was Circus Survives, like first tour. Um, Well, I think it was like their first uh, headlining tour they came out with. What was that first album called? Juturna. Juturna. They were were playing with Receiving End of Sirens and I don't know, other bands, but like, dude, they were so good. Uh, You also mentioned seeing Dance Gavin Dance. Like, how early on did you... Did you see them live? Probably 2009, 2010, around then. And then I remember meeting him at shows around like 2013, 14 Mm -hmm. era. Um, That was was really when we started hanging out, I feel like. So, yeah. I mean... Me and Gavin used to be really good friends. <laughs> just, just you and Gavin in middle school. Gavin and Troy. Yeah, we used to hang we out with Gavin and Troy back before to, Troy fell out and Gavin started. We used dancing. to toke up behind the bleachers. <laughs> just you, uh, it, Gavin, and, and Troy. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I mean, we've, had a lot, I, we've got to see a lot of great bands come up, especially being in the South. Like, I mean, just watching bands like Between the Barrier to Me and Contortionist come up from like local bands that I was playing with, you know, these kids from North Carolina and we're all just throwing down at this like hardcore metal show and the next thing you know, they're like world touring and you know, they tour with Dream Theater and doing all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff and 
Are that you, was the be- that's the beautiful thing is like when you know a band and you watch them come from like local right. and make those steps and make those moves you're like shit this is realistic i could yeah. actually do no, this like in, like, in, in high school i was in this like christian <laughs> quote-unquote metalcore band um we called ourselves enemies past counting which is literally just like a phrase from something in the bible but dude, that sounds like wait wait so, before you move on that sounds like a band that could have been on face down records and they were like a huge right yeah if only i could do this for the lord no um <laughs> any, anyway uh no they they ended up playing uh opening for like what was me's first show like ever and um that was i thought that was cool i wasn't in the band when that happened but like speaking of him saying like watching bands go from something to nothing like around that same era uh, I remember going to Attila shows, like, and they were just like a local band that, like, people somewhat made fun of, but they were also like just like a brutal band. People would be like, "Yo, they they light up," and then all of a sudden, they're now like massively huge. Hey, yeah. little, <laughs> little known backyards and shit. Yeah. Little known fact: Post Malone tried out to be Attila's guitar player. No, I Attila thought it was Capture the Crown and Capture the Crown. Yeah, he tried out for both of those. Bands. That's funny. And then they that's were, insane. Suck, dude. Yeah. And now he's like, well, I guess I'll just be famous. <laughs> so now he's larger than life. And now, he's, like, now yeah. he's in a Doritos commercial. He's like, I'll show you. Look I at you. Suck. You made it. <laughs> Definitely kept your dignity. <laughs> now, you guys ever <laughs> see that old uh, video of Post Malone that went viral? It was like a music video. It sounded like some like '80s ripoff song, and he's wearing like. Like cut off booty shorts. I remember, yeah, yeah that's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> God, I'm sad I missed it. I guess. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the oh guy. yeah, you got to see it all. I'll send you the link after this. <laughs> I know people from Texas or like Dallas mainly like ride hard for Post Malone. So shout shouts out to him. He blew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. But it's yeah, that's. I think that's like the biggest inspiration though, is just like watching the bands on the come up. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right. Well, dude, tell us uh, about Mind and Time. It was super unique and creative. Was there a certain direction you wanted to take that album? Or I don't know, did you guys draw from like a bunch of different uh, inspirations when writing it? Oh, yeah, <coughs> for sure. <laughs> um, it was just kind of like everything I was listening to at the time just mixed together. And I think, like, I don't know, I was just kind of throwing shit at the wall, seeing what stuck at the time. And, you know, some some things worked, some things, in my opinion, didn't. But, I mean, from what we're hearing from a lot of people, they seem to, to really enjoy it. But for this uh, upcoming album, Idealism, we kind of just took what we did on mind and time kind of refined it and kind of pushed some uh, some boundaries from like what we weren't comfortable with on uh mind and time so, yeah and it's been a crazy crazy couple years watching that your voice keeps getting like quieter and quieter so okay sorry i'm a quiet guy <laughs> but yeah it's been crazy seeing like mine and time kind of go from nothing to to a little something in the past couple years since 2018. But yeah, I'm super, super stoked to see where uh, idealism is going to go in the future. But, yeah. Wonderful. And uh, has a fresh haircut. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does anybody else have anything to add or any uh, stories from like, I don't know, 
if you guys remember what it was like recording that that uh, album. Yeah. It went by so fast, I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of the guys weren't in the band at the time, but um, yeah, it was just some project that I wanted to start and kind of just, you know, threw some stuff together. And, and then after I wrote and recorded it, I got all the guys together and yeah. Yeah, Dylan's the fearless leader here for sure. <laughs> nice, just the the creative mind behind the whole the whole process. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he keeps the process moving forward. That's for sure. I try to. Yeah. yeah. All right, and uh, Wanderlust was a follow up to that. It it kind of had like a more chill vibe. Still had that trippy intro that a lot of songs in Mind and Time had. Uh, can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, it was just kind of uh, got inspired from a lot of old uh, psychedelic rock bands, uh, like anywhere from the Beatles to Pink Floyd, and then to modern bands kind of like Tame Impala and stuff. And yeah, I just wanted to write something really experimental and out of, you know, out of the tone of mind and time. For sure. And and like that song and Blossom and Flower Child, they have these crazy sound effects that they really mesh well with like the instrumentation of the actual song. How do you come up with those? Uh, well, I write uh, the music in uh, Pro Tools by like, you know, keyboard and MIDI um, and then kind of like translate it to guitars and, you know, full band kind of thing. So, you know, adding you know, synths and sound effects and stuff like that. It just kind of envelope filters. Yeah. Envelope filters. It's like a part of the writing process in a way. Some things are in the recording process, but a lot of it's from the writing. Yeah. So are you, are you thinking about that stuff when you're writing like the guitar riffs or does some of that like stuff on MIDI, like do you come up with that first? I feel yeah. like for listening, just uh, inter- sorry to like interrupt, but I feel like listening, going from his process, hearing him go from like the demo to the final product, I feel like a lot of that magic happens in the transposition when he's like taking what he, the chord, you know, voicings that he comes up with and then translating that to the guitars where that magic happens. And so, I don't know. That's just what I've experienced from him. Yeah. But, yeah. And we all work together to make it happen live yeah we just do our own thing and it comes together really well all right cool so yeah you guys um announced the new album idealism and you've already elaborated on it a little saying that you're basically polishing up what you did in mind and time and also pushing yourselves a little further is there uh anything else you can tell us about the album uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be pretty, uh, it's, I don't know, it's a lot different from Mind and Time, but it still has that, like, Coletta soul at the heart of it. You know, it's definitely pushing the envelope a little bit, but yeah, it's still, still Coletta at the end of the day. Is there a certain song from the album that you're, like, really stoked to drop and can't wait for people to hear 
Uh, I'm stoked for people to hear butterflies. Personally, butterflies, black yeah. black rabbit. <laughs> I know you so well. That's I, I don't know. I feel yeah. like all, the whole thing for me is a banger. I personally, it's like stuck in my head. Oh yeah, like I already have some. I already yeah. have some some personal experiences with this record. Have some wet dreams. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> LSD dreams, whatever you call that. <laughs> they have felt wet for a little while. I knew it. <laughs> Especially from some of those intros. <laughs> but shoot, now it makes makes good stuff, man. <laughs> Dude, uh, that's what I'm looking forward to getting more of those kind of like LSD vibes from from y'all. Yeah. Um, like about the part where like you kind of translate different instruments. I like the part where you like have the you start the riff in guitar, but end the song with it uh, in piano. Yeah, it's like a nice touch. Appreciate it. Do you have any uh, questions, David? Um. Well, real quick, like uh, I know you mentioned "Bring Me to Horizon" real quick. Uh, just I wanted to ask your opinion on like your favorite "Bring Me to Horizon" album and like how that sound compares to their newest single. Semp Eternal, honestly, that was my. Hey, heck yeah, we can agree there, man. I I can honestly say I don't know one of their songs. You don't know one I of their like songs. <laughs> I, feel I, like I was there's a hell believe kid. me, I've seen it. That well, was my favorite record from them. I grew up listening to them a lot in my scene days, but yeah, the if you know, there's a hell is definitely my favorite, and then Semp Eternal is an awesome album. Everything they've done since then is really matured, and I appreciate it. It's just other music that I listen to more. Yeah, it's like their stuff nowadays. <laughs> their stuff nowadays is kind of like arena rock, but it's not kind of like radio rock at the same time. It's still keeping their, you know, their sound at the end of the day. Yeah, and then they mix a lot of different sounds. Like I'm, I'm a little older than y'all. I think so. I, I, don't, know, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Ryan speaking here. I'm pretty damn old. Okay, I like. I really enjoyed uh, su- like Suicide Season. I remember that like oh, yeah, dropping cool. and just being blown away by it. Like the guitar tone to the vocals and just like also like the variety of stuff that they were throwing in, into that album. Like it, it definitely left a huge impression and i i think as they progressed i i, I liked every album like lesser than the last oh. <laughs> <laughs> they put on a great show and you know shout out to them like they're huge now so they're whatever they're doing they're doing something right oh, yeah. and one of their songs or at least i think they made one of their songs for death stranding video game that came out last year it's pretty crazy Oh, for real? I'll have to Definitely check that out. That their whole like character <laughs> development, as far as that goes, to be able to say they went from their their crazy deathcore, whatever that was in the first few EPs, and then to what they are now, it's just like that's impressive. Okay. Yeah, I'd personally say like plague, like pray for plagues, and like Sepaternal was like probably their best sound personally for me. I remember having the uh, the Suicide Season t-shirt with the chick on it, holding the organ. Was it, like, oh, bright okay. pink? I think so. I had the same shirt. <laughs> <laughs> From Hot Topic. <laughs> well, so, yeah, like, obviously we're in, like, 
in kind of like a weird time with the whole pandemic and everything. Uh, I, I think you guys were telling me that like Atlanta's like doesn't give a fuck. You can go to bars and stuff. Um, so I don't know if this question really applies, but like I don't know. Have you guys been doing anything during this time? Like I don't know when it when it comes to the pandemic. Like have you have you guys been like binge watching anything or or maybe like taking on a new like hobby or whatever. <laughs> uh, no comment. No uh, comment. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely found some creative ways to spend our time here. Uh, We've been having band practice lately. Every not yeah, every week, every other week. Lots of band practice, trying to get the chops back up. You know, because that's the game, man. We're we're finger athletes, dude. You know, and and if we don't keep the, if we don't keep it in condition when it comes, you know, time to start playing shows again, it's it's gonna be sloppy. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Well, yeah, lots. Like a lot of bands uh, moved on to, you know, doing a lot of like live streaming, like shows or and stuff like that. Like, do you guys have any thoughts on that, or have you considered doing it yourselves, or you're just like, nah, people can wait. Yeah, yeah, definitely been contemplating that. Like when the we're talking about when the album drops. And if uh, you the know, touring isn't a thing, right. we'll probably do like a live stream release of the album. Or yeah, something. or if like a lot of people still feel uncomfortable with going to you know live shows, then yeah, we'll definitely be Play live streaming. Live, yeah, well, I feel like you know, there's some people that have have taken you know some big strides in the whole live stream thing, and and yeah, you know, I have some friends that work. Uh, a bunch of friends that work at specifically the Masquerade, but a few venues around here in Atlanta. You have friends? Alright, friends are loose work. <laughs> I have acquaintances. Um, I have people that tolerate me. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, but, you know, t- taking it to a real stage with multiple cameras and, you know, like really making it interesting. Like, if you're just putting it on Skype and you're sitting in your room, like, there's only a certain amount of entertainment value that somebody can get out of that, even if they're a fan. Right. So it's got to be interesting and exciting. And, you know, so it's it's about getting in with the venues and start being able to use the stages, you know, even though they're not allowed to have, bring people in, can they still operate? Um, you know, because I think that's what enhanced it. Who was it that did the live stream? Just, I think it was Dance Gavin was Dance. It Dan- right? Yeah, I thought it was Dance Gavin Dance. And yeah. they, you know, they did an exemplary job of that. You know, it was all these different camera angles and moving cameras and everything was on gimbals and it was interesting. Like the, and the sound was good. So it was like really watching a show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like them, them and, uh, under oath is doing it too. They put like some major <laughs> production behind it, which right. Like, you know, can't, well, you can't be mad at that. Yeah. And I mean, if you're playing, sh- if you're really playing shows and touring anyways, you're going to be putting your money into production one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Like you, at least we kind of have a heads up of where it's going now. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I can't call it. I don't think anybody can call whether the shows are going to start back up or they're not. You know, I've already personally canceled like 46 gigs this year already. So, wow. but, but you know, I'm being told by some of the stuff I do in the fall that that's still, that's still in play right now. But you know, every week is something canceled. So um, I think it is somewhere where we're kind of having to shift uh, the whole industry and find a way to keep, you know, that side of the industry alive. Because, you know, you got to think about how these venues made money 
It wasn't ticket sales, it was alcohol sales. Like, you know, and the band's made money off the merch sales. And if there's no one there to buy the merch or buy the beer, then, you know, the mar- the, the operating cost just gets hot, too high. And so we got to find a way to kind of like, I don't know, innovate a little bit and get on, on get them, you know, the, the venues and the production teams and all that stuff on board because it, it is like, if something doesn't change drastically, the the whole scene we know, like the whole music industry, is going to be drastically different. So once we get back on, you know, I don't know that there'll be stages to get back onto. You know, yeah, Georgia's opened up here, and theoretically, if you wanted to have a show, you could have one here. Though getting a bunch of people to come out is not easy, but you yeah. can't tour because all the rest of the states are closed. So yeah. I didn't even know that about Georgia because I know that like Texas started opening up a couple months ago and like as soon as that happened like Kurt Travis and and Donovan from Hill of the Sun and Andres they like jumped on that they announced the tour they were gonna hit up uh, Houston Austin Dallas right. and San Antonio and like I checked the the day that they announced it. Dallas was like, or Texas was reaching like record high, like <laughs> COVID cases. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man, that's interesting. I wonder how that's going to play out. And not a week later, you know, the, like all the bars started like shutting down and stuff. So well, yeah. you can, you can hand it to Georgia. I mean, we are as backwards as they say, because our numbers are at like record high and we just don't care. Hey man, you I mean know. they didn't they didn't go back and check. I mean, you you know, like here we the mayor of Atlanta is like being sued by the governor. So it, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're living with uh, <laughs> for, for mask orders and stuff. But you know, it's I I don't know. All I know is that the actual industry itself, like the sustainable industry, is at a crossroads, and it this is going to be the make or break. It's not going to be the bands that are good or the bands that are the best or anything. It's going to be the bands that find that niche or that way to innovate the industry into the next the next generation because this has just changed everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're talking, you know, the, it, this may not go away for years. You know, this is not something that's just like, oh, man, well, if we wait three more months or four more months, I mean, we're talking about something that could reinfect for five, six, ten years until we figure out what we're doing with it. So it could really, like, make it to where large events are just not, you know, this thing of the past. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, mo- most uh, big tours that, that are getting rescheduled, you know, they're all rescheduled for uh, next year. But who knows what kind of, I, I guess, processes are, are going to come into effect. I don't know. Are people going to be wearing masks at shows? Like, are they going to decrease the number of people that can be at a venue? There's going to be a, a definitely kind of like a snowball effect whenever shows do come back but as of now i think bands and and venues should definitely be working together to to like make high production you know shows happen where where it's like a stream and i think dance gavin dance they had ads they were somewhat subtle but there was like i know there was a Add for like he's old guitar and hey, make your money, dude. I yeah, mean, exactly. You know, dude, make your money, you, right? There's no, there's no shame in that. No, not at all. Um, you know, because that's the, the thing that I'm worried about is like when we start touring again, are there even going to be venues? Are they going to be able to sustain and stay open until we start touring again? And like, are is it or is it only going to be if you can't fill an arena, you don't play? 
you know, because these smaller venues, they were all shoestring businesses. They were hanging on. They all have been hanging on barely. You know, these aren't, this isn't a big, you know, are they going to be open next year? For Atlanta, without places like the Masquerade, literally bands like us and under anything less than us, like they rely on places like the Masquerade, whether you're in Atlanta or California. And so most places of the Masquerade stature, they don't have the funds to, you know, facilitate surviving this pandemic you know realistically but yeah because they like they the places like that literally survive off of alcohol sales and they have no other business that's an in-person thing so i don't know it's interesting concept that really needs to be solved for sure yeah and like you you got a good point too california what's up i'm sorry it's just it needs to be done the safest way sorry you're good my bad yeah well i was gonna say that california has an abundance of venues like just San Francisco alone, which is a big, you know, spot for shows. There's like over five venues that bands go to. So it, it's interesting to think about, like, are all of them going to be able to make it through this time and and then be business as usual or are most of them going to go away? There's some, you know, states that got to think about, like Nebraska. How many venues do they have for bands to to play so it, it, it's definitely interesting for sure we're gonna have to have speakeasy venues <laughs> that that's a yeah soundproof rooms and basements places you yeah, know right, like, right. like the old rave scene you know or find warehouses that are all abandoned and you go throw shows because it's gonna be illegal <laughs> it's gonna be like not more than 250 people in the room i'm like oh yeah i can sell 300 Secret tickets tonight <laughs> That's what's yeah, going on. People are jonesing for it, man. People <laughs> need shows, man. Like, I mean, just think about how much of that li- of your life that was before this started. Yeah, for sure. Even if you're not a musician, just going and seeing shows and and you know, meeting friends up at the venue to go see whoever, wherever. I mean, that's just no matter what you listen to or what band you're in, somebody likes something, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, so I think it'll definitely find a way. It's not disappearing. It's just. I'm telling you, it's a it's an arms race right now. The bands that figure out how to how to capitalize on this are going to be the ones that solidify a future in the music industry for, you know, the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's for sure. Another band that they came to mind was Silverstein. They did um, a kind of like live performance, but they were all in different, like in their own houses and stuff. But the thing that made it interesting was that in between songs, they kind of had these little like weird skits of like their everyday life, but it was narrated and it kind of reminded me of, I don't know, like an indie film or something. Uh, It was pretty interesting. So yeah, I think what, and and it was a free, it wasn't like under oath. I was charging like $15 for a show and dance Gavin dance. Like they charged $10, but the nice thing about that was that, um, they announced that they're giving like a $10 coupon for selective merch. So that's a, definitely a good way to turn around, you know, like what the cost to put on that show. And then like the, you know, the fans are going to be able to buy like exclusive merch. So they're making money off of merch as well. So that's a great idea that's a cool concept because i mean i'm old enough to where i remember with half the cds you got you got a dvd man that was like the best thing you watch all the behind the scenes and 
the little skits that all the bands do. I mean, that's how I fell in love with some of my favorite bands was, you know, you get the CD and the DVD and you kind of get to know who they are and that, you know, the silly dudes in a band. And, you know, that's kind of part of the allure of why you want to be in a band. I'm watching these DVDs, these dudes having a good time, you know, and I mean, even like bands like, you know, Pantera or Protest the Hero. I remember when the Incubus came out with the Morning View sessions and they were all living in that big ass mansion. And, you know, just like that that kind of behind the scenes thing, like, I don't know, it, it, it puts a little like life into the music and, uh, so I think that that's a great idea, man, like to find a way to kind of like mix, mix the media where it's not just the music or just live shows, like find a way to kind of be entertaining all the way around, you know, like as musicians, I mean, we're obviously showmen, you know, or silly dudes who like to cut up and make people laugh and have a good time. And I think a lot of bands are like that. So it's, I don't know that it's fun to document that side of things to you. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I know exactly what you're talking about because growing up, you know, drive through Records and, and Victory Records were... Yeah, Victory Roadrunner, they used to put out those Roadrunner videos and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I still have a bunch of those DVDs. I haven't watched them in years, but, like, yeah. those were always fun, just watching, like, your favorite bands on I definitely tour. watched, I watched, like, a lot of those Victory Records little DVDs, too. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's how I came on to put to, uh, Between the Barrier and Me, because they were on Victory a long time ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah they were. That's yeah. how I got into a date, I they remember, got when I was, like, 12. I guess let's get back to you guys. Um, I have some questions from, uh, from one of our hosts that couldn't make the podcast, but... Um, he wanted to ask, let's see, what, what's the best piece of musical advice you've ever been given or could give to maybe an up and coming band that, that looks up to you guys? Uh, make the music you love, um, and not the music that you think other people want. Practice as much as possible, even if it's just a little bit every day. But you, right? just be awesome you know because if you're not just don't try you know i'm just kidding um like <laughs> just that you do you, i mean you gotta enjoy it and if you don't there's no point but you know it's a, uh, you know um it's a huge pain in the ass and a, and a terrible disappointment you gotta enjoy being the a musician <laughs> it's a terrible Word. disappointment of as but but it's beautiful, and you once you have it, you can't not. But don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean by it's disappointment? Out here. <laughs> uh, it's just you know, it's just I've been I've been in the music industry for almost twenty years, so like, it's it's tough, man. It's ups and downs, and bands that are here and that just like if you really love it, I guess that's the thing. If you really love it, you're just gonna do it either way. So, yeah, for sure, you know, um, might as well love what you do. Make yeah, sure. yeah, uh, but people think it comes easy. Yeah, it does not. Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't say either. Yeah, or like Miles Davis like, said, it's not about the notes you play; it's about the notes you don't play. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> or like Dizzy Gillespie said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Um, but that's like all the notes. What's that Jonathan Davies from Corn? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say this. Sounds like <laughs> and the beautiful words of Jonathan. Dude, when he when he when he said that, I felt that man. Like, I felt that in my soul. I vibed hard. I'll never be the same again. Jeez. That, I, I think that was like my my senior quote. Slaps. <laughs> Um, another question that, that, uh, my, my co-host had is, do you guys have, um, or what is your ambition as songwriters other than like making people feel like they're on like a, a crazy drug trip? Uh, do it better than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be awesome. is still, I think is my best piece of advice. Right. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think that's key. Don't be good. Be awesome. Yeah, make something people like. I don't know. Try it. Yeah, make something that's memorable. I that's don't know. That's true. It's I like, feel like that's something I've strived for. It's like, what's the most memorable live show you've gone to? It's not like the musicians that played it perfectly. It's the, the ones that put on a damn good show. Yeah, I've seen live shows of bands that I thought I didn't like, and then I liked them after that. Same. Yeah. I'll, like, I'll always uh, mention Alisana was like one band that... They're like, I don't know, just kind of their like aesthetic. I'm like, uh, they look kind of gimmicky. Uh, I don't like, I like, you know, I thought that I wouldn't like them, but I saw them at Warp Tour waiting for, for Saves the Days, uh, set to start. And like, they were playing, you know, the set before them. And like, I was blown away by their live show and I became a fan. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, uh, Neil Engel, the guy that mastered Mind and Time. I'm pretty sure he was in Alisana. He either was in Alisana or uh, recorded them. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, are you familiar with the band Unearth? You know Unearth? Unearth, yeah. Yeah. You know, I like the guitar spins, man. You know? I think guitar spins are key. Guitar spins? I don't even remember them being like a a guitar spinning band. On Earth, <coughs> yeah, oh, I, I never saw them live. I, like I watched, you know, music videos, but like who, like who do I think of when I think of like I mean, every band around that time was doing guitar spins. Like I was the thing. <laughs> like all the local bands were doing it. Uh, yeah. Synchronized jumping and stopping. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm trying to think of like. Well, I know that Taking Back Sunday didn't do like the get the guitar spins, but. Uh, Adam Lazar was doing like the crazy mics, like mic swinging stuff. Yeah, pretty sure you took out like multiple of of the musicians in the band doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I was in a band one time where the guitar player quit because I hit him too many times with the headstock <laughs> my bass. Yeah. yeah, at our last practice, Ryan and I kept like having a sword fight with the necks of our guitars. Look, I wasn't even gonna buy a headless bass until this dude <laughs> knocking into my headstock, and now I feel it's necessary. Oh, dude. Is that how you decided which songs made the EP? Or? Yeah. yeah, it's a big piece of wood, though. We jousted. You know, uh, hey, uh. I needlessly play a seven string, so a seven string bass, so um, it's a lot of wood. I don't blame him for knocking into it. I trip over it all the time. Yeah. It's, like a, it's basically like a tabletop with strings. 
It's like mm-hmm. a guy that drives a lifted big truck. <laughs> you know he's compensated for something. Like, hey, why is he flexing? Come on. Like, what are you uh, really do seven strings on that base there, bro? I was going to say the exact opposite, man. You must have, like, like some gorilla like hands. <laughs> no, I'm a tiny person. <laughs> I have tiny, <laughs> tiny hands. I'm a little guy. Tiny person. <laughs> Oh, man. Tiny person, big hand. Just a tiny person with tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> I play this dance so I usually like hold no burgers for him. <laughs> Does it make my hands look small? <laughs> All right. So, so hypothetically, like next year, let's say everything went back to normal. Um, you know, you can go on tour and stuff like. Like, do you have, like, any bands that, that you would love to tour with? Oh, shit. I mean, let's let's go ahead and spill some beans, though. I mean, we were, like, last month, we would have done a whole, like, West Coast tour with Wolf and Bear and Idola. Idola, yeah. That yeah. would have been. Wow. Super dope. Yeah, it would have like, been. Uh, yeah, and that, we were super boned <laughs> because it was like, man, I was at work and, and shit. I was like, man, I should be in Cali right now. <laughs> you know, but hey, it's like, it's one thing, you know, I love touring with bands and having a good time. It's another thing when you're touring with a band that you've been listening to for years. Yeah. And you're like, I'm actually like, a fan yeah. of this. Like, you know, yeah, right. um, yeah. I felt like that was going to be a big move for us, but I can only, you know, speak into existence that it yeah. would be better <laughs> next time. And know, we, so. I mean, it's not like anything bad fell through. I mean, the world did what it did, but, Hopefully, when that opportunity comes again, we'll jump right on it. Yeah, you know? Dylan and Dylan and I actually uh, had a FaceTime with uh, Donovan from Hail the Sun recently, and he was talking about trying to be our tour manager. Mm-hmm. So I think that's <laughs> be a thing. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that that'd be great. Awesome opportunity, huh? Yeah. That's. Oh man, that hurts my heart a little because, like, that would have been a show to watch for sure. Like, <sighs> yeah. That'd be like an amazing tour. I love Wolf and Bear a lot, and that's great. Yeah, it would have been a good time. And plus, I mean, there's being being Atlanta boys. There's nothing nothing better than a West Coast tour, man. Just to change the scenery and smoke some legal pot, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> West Coast uh, is West Coast is the best coast. You know what they say, man. Yeah, yeah. That's all but I've that's, been doing in in Canada. Like just. You know, trying some of their uh, their legal their legal weed out here. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's where it's where the, the our biggest fan base is too. So it it it's got you know. That's where the biggest scene is. Yeah, I mean, America. especially with the genre we play. I mean, it's California music, bro. Do you guys have um like have like a favorite venue or maybe a favorite city or or restaurant out here in a uh, Cali, I'd love to go to the whiskey. The whiskey a go go. Nice. I've never been to California, so I don't. Uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I haven't spent a lot of time there, man. I was in LA for a day. It was. Uh, I used to live in Nevada, though. My little sister was born there. Yeah. Um. No, man. It, it's. I, I, we're. We're virgins to it, bro. Like, honestly, you know, I know I personally have done a lot of touring, but most of it has been, like, circuit stuff. So, Chicago, New York, we kind of stayed on this side of the this side of the Mississippi for the most part. This and, side of the fence. Yeah, well, you know, um, 
But once you start going through those cornfields, man, it's a long time to get on the other side of them. <laughs> so, so you start trying, you know, I guess. Um, we had a great time in Texas, man. We played Texas, uh, was it last some last fall? Um, you can definitely say Louisiana was memorable. Oh, yeah, Louisiana. You know what they say? If you want to know what it's like to be in Louisiana, piss in a trash can and stand in it. And that's what it, Louisiana is like. Really? <laughs> yeah, it smells weird. Everything's wet. Um, we like we, we like we like B and E'd some house because we were supposed to be Airbnb in there, and like we end up like walking in on some date, and the, like they were completely unalarmed that we were there. We're like four dudes standing in the living room at midnight. I was like, "So is this? Are uh, we gonna be in this room?" And she's like, "I don't know who you guys are." Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Louisiana was interesting. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, we, we our our green room was right next to the litter box, um, which was so funny because we we played this killer math uh, this, this math rock fest out in in, uh, in Texas, in Texas and it was so well put together and so many great bands played and that was just like such a 180 degree change. The next show we played, we're like. We thought we were gonna be murdered. Yep. <laughs> like we were all pretty sure we were gonna be murdered. Yep. <laughs> they're like we're in the bayou. Yeah, like man. we're just we're just gonna end up in a swamp somewhere tonight, and we're gonna smell like cats the whole time. And Atlanta's well, definitely, definitely like gr- I mean, growing up in Atlanta, it's definitely you don't walk into someone's house. <laughs> no, no. Without getting shot. Yeah, You're not expected like, it, you know. So it's just. Uh, <laughs> well, then once we finally did get into our quarters of the house, you. <laughs> Uh, we did everything we could not to literally fall All through the floor. floor. Yeah. Uh, they had like a couch in the middle of the room just to, over this hole so that he just wouldn't walk in just random furniture just for safety reasons. Wow. Yeah. It was magical to say that. Touring is an interesting like thing, Disney man. World. Like, because you never know what you're getting into touring. And like, you know, depending on where you're going or who you're with, they can be... Um, Drastically different scenarios. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. But it keeps things interesting. And shit, we have some funny stories about it. Like, you know. I'm, Dude, I'm, sound, I'm, sounds like I'm it. That, that my Louisiana book. one pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Coming out next fall. <laughs> right. It's all saved up from my book. Cool. <laughs> Can't like wait for that to drop. Nasty 69. <laughs> 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 I'm sure there's a story behind that. <laughs> oh man, I don't think it's appropriate for this podcast. So. All right, we'll, we'll have to talk about it off off air or something. Oh man. Hey David, do you have any more questions? Um, yeah, unless we want to steal from Ryan more. <laughs> uh, go go for it, man. Ask away. Uh. Yeah, she was like, what is, what's some of your favorite shows like that you've ever been to around, you know, around the US, US or anything? I think we've already asked that, man. We have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, August Burns it. Red. <laughs> August Burns Red. Nice. Yeah, they're on a billboard, bro. They got their own billboard in PA. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you know that. Oh, whoa. Didn't it's know huge. that. Nice. Home of August Burns Red is on the billboard. Uh, yeah, I'll say it again. Go to Sa- Pittsburgh. Safest from the Arkin. Definitely one of my favorite shows. This town needs guns. Um, fucking uh, great band. Shakira. Yeah, yeah Shakira. Sure. Yeah, no, Mariah Carey kills it live. 
Um, I don't know how she hits all those notes, dude. Yeah, She's like dude. that chick from The Fifth Element. Blows my like, mind, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was um, no, like, uh <laughs> Actually, you know what? You guys, you guys aren't like scary metalheads like I am. But one of the best shows I've ever seen was Behemoth. Yeah, they actually scared me at a show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they like disappeared and turned all the lights off and then reappeared <laughs> and they were up in like the rafters and they were wearing masks where they weren't wearing masks before. And I was like, and they started reading from some book and I heard the word Satan a bunch of times and <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, I've never been scared at a venue before. I'm genuinely frightened right now. This is awesome, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah they got me dude um they that's did. great that's, that's yeah, white chapel got me like that i had actually never heard of or heard white chapel and i walked into a, a venue like right as they were hitting one of their breakdowns with like the 808 and i was like what is happening it's like the first time i'd ever heard that i think like, we're at a magic show <laughs> <laughs> dude like that's that's what I want to experience. I want to like legitimately get scared at a show. Before um the pandemic happened, I was supposed to go to um like Oslo, Norway. So yes, like one thing, yes. one thing that I looked up, like I have to go see like a Norwegian like black metal band without sure. question. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, and like that's like kind of like. The cool thing about this gig where, like, I travel, you know, to different countries, but I, like, have enough downtime where I can go to shows. I was telling you guys, I think, off air that the last uh, place I went to before Canada was Japan. And I went and saw this band called Soko Ninaru. And they, like, dude, they're very mathy and they sound like opening theme songs to anime. But, like, they're, like, super cool. That was literally the last show that I went to. Very cool. Do you remember? But yeah, like, like going. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, silhouette of nude. Silhouette of a nude, bro. Yeah. Yeah. We opened for them. Uh, We we were like subheadlining at the Plus Fest in Denton, Texas last year. And silhouette of a nude. It was this all Japanese band. Like they barely spoke a lick of English. They were some really cool guys. They were bad. But yeah, they were their lives. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy like technical. They were all over the place, man. Like atmospheric post rock meets like. I don't even know. They listened to awesome. my advice. They were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Be awesome. Every single member of that band was being awesome yeah. at, at all times. Like there wasn't, yeah. they, you know, that was one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Cause it was so unique. They didn't have all the American influences that we have. Like their music was like really a different take on the same style that, you know, had a lot of Japanese jazz. Influence yeah. A lot of sure. jazz influence, man. They were doing yeah. some, but it was metal. Like, yeah. it was cool. <laughs> yeah, they had no holds barred. The bass player had a chain for a, for a, a bass strap. gigantic chain. Yeah, a, I was like, if that dude's out there with a chain as a strap, he's hardcore, bro. <laughs> I got, like, a double padded, like, you know, like, I got, like, pillows under my strap. Dude, this dude's wearing a chain. <laughs> like, that's yeah, hardcore if I've ever seen it. Well, what was their name again? I have to check them out. Silhouette of a Nude. Silhouette of a Nude. Yeah. And send me were... send me them silhouettes, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got gotta check them out. Dude, have you guys heard of this band called High Lung? Oh. The new one. Like alright, there's there's this like German band and they call their like music amplified history. So 
That's pretty cool. It, it's like this whole production thing. They're supposed to be like ancient German and like Viking like war like war songs. Like it's like chanting and they don't play like guitars or anything. Like they they I don't know. They cling like bones together and like they look like they're real and they're wearing like all this crazy makeup and costume. Like I want to see that band live and just kind of trip out. It, it looks like some crazy shit for sure. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. Uh, there there's a, a band around. They come to Atlanta a lot. I don't know if they're from here. They're called Daikaiju. And uh, it's like it's like surf rock, man. But you would never expect it because they crowd surf the whole time, including the drummer. Uh, <laughs> dude, I'm serious. They get, they get the crowd to like pick him up on his stool, and like one person holds the cymbal, the other person oh, holds the yeah. snare, and he like plays the whole song. And they're all playing the whole song, crowd surfing. And then at the very end, they light everything on fire. <laughs> they just bring out lighter fluid, and, and they never are allowed to play the same venue twice because they get kicked out every time for violating b- fire code. But man, it's uh, it's such an interesting show. And the, as wild as it is, you're like this is a surf rock show. It's like Dick Dale, dude. It's like literally like happy surf rock, but it's like, I don't know. Somehow it's got a punk hardcore element to it. Next thing you know, there's a mosh pit. I don't understand it, it. you know, but it was, it's, it's cool, man. But it's, that's the cool, I love the diversity of music, man. And the way that people can find these different ways that could be hokey if they, if they didn't do it exactly right, but they find these, these cool, like, perfections in the middle that um make it just interesting you know yeah that that's insane like at at that point it's more of less about like them i I don't know yeah kind of like less about the music and more of like creating like a overall like experience yeah i mean you know it's it's really funny because when my younger days i played in uh a couple of death metal bands and toured around and you know, I kind of gained a little bit of a reputation, but it, it, the funny thing was is that it was never really based on my playing. All the stories weren't like, oh, man, you you did this, you did that, even though that's what I was worried about it. But it was like, oh, he threw his bass down and he, he ended up in the mosh pit. And now he's bleeding from the face. And like, you know, it's, the, we're going to go see this band because I know they're throwing down, you know, and that was, you know, you, you do have to find that like, I don't know, that middle ground of what what makes the energy like flow to the to the crowd because i mean i tell you what how disappointed i was when i started listening to these really like big tech death metal bands and i went and watched them and they don't even like move on stage and they're just like they're just like mannequins playing these really technical parts and i'm like man that breakdown's really cool and the fact that you didn't move hurts my feelings a little bit you know (laughs) yeah like at least look like you're a little into it (laughs) yeah like how like are you bored you know i don't know it's just uh that translates, man. People feel that energy and that, that fluctuation of timing. That's why it's like, that's why I'm saying, that's why I stand by the fact that even though the, the live scene is changing, it'll never go away because it's just a different experience than listening to music. Like yeah, all like, the way around. Have you guys ever seen the, the Chariot live? I haven't seen the Chariot, but I have seen 68 a couple times. I've seen the Dude. Chariot growing up. They were sick as fuck. I've they seen put on such jokes. a sick show. Like, I'm pretty sure they butchered, like, every song, but, like, nobody even <laughs> cared because it they were, matter. like, <laughs> yeah, they were, like, flipping their guitars. Like, they were, the like, fighting. Would, yeah. <laughs> would throw the, like, the, like, face up in the air and catch it. And 
like it, it was insane like josh their vocalist would like get up on like these huge like like tower speakers like i remember and he's just like up there screaming and like he's holding like the mic stand not even just a microphone the mic stand and he's throwing it up in the air and catching it yeah like, jo- josh is the guy that's in 68 as well right yeah 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 that's man so much energy from those dudes man Seriously, I've seen '68 open for the Fall of Troy before. I actually. saw that. I was at yeah. that show. Yeah. You were at that yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. Did somebody else play that night? Vale Maya played that night. Who played? Hell no. Who played that night? It was somebody else. Like that was unexpected. Who I didn't expect to be on the ticket because honestly, wouldn't have been on that show. It was, it was definitely else. a metal band, but I don't yeah, think it was somebody it was heavier. Yeah, I was gonna say it was probably Shakira. Maybe <laughs> <Yeah>. those <laughs> hips don't lie, bro. <laughs> All right, guys. Well. We're hitting a we're hitting that uh that hour mark. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, before you go, I want to say thank you. You guys are awesome. We're looking forward to to listening to Idealism. But before I let you go, um, we do usually do a a playlist to go with every episode, and it's gonna you know feature like your guys's uh, music. But we also like to add what we've re- uh, recently been listening to. Like, what have you guys uh, recently been getting into? Uh, Logic's new album. Yeah, that just came out, like, Friday. Kenny Hoopla. (laughs) Kenny who? Kenny Hoopla. (laughs) Kenny Hoopla. Honestly, I've had Idola on repeat this week. Dude, waiting for that new album to come out. Yeah. That's that's been my weekly uh, Spotify playlist. Mostly Idola. Yeah. Do you have a favorite a favorite <laughs> idol song? Uh, if you like really hardcore punk, Harm Done, I play them a lot. New Acacia Strain, Santa dude. Man. Yes, I was listening yeah. to that yesterday. Yeah, that's bad, man. I'm a big Acacia Strain fan. Dude, they're so heavy, brutal. I know. <laughs> I know. They got they have some uh, good uh, vocal features there too. They have the um. Shoot, the chick from Spirit Box, and they're blowing up. Yeah. Yeah, she was, she was in, uh, and she and the guitarist of Spirit Box were in our Wrestle to Bear once, right? Oh, shit. Yeah. And then the so, bass player was actually in this uh, pop punk band that I used to be really into called uh, Living with Lions. Oh, yeah, I remember them. That's sick. Yeah. Dude, they were, yeah, they were good. So. <laughs> Metalcore. Metalcore. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, that band Hands Like Houses, you know that band? Oh, yeah, the Australian band. I got, uh, so I, w- I was at a Carnifex show, and I was crowd surfing, and this guy came up to me, and he's like, man, I just love the energy you bring into this show. He's like, I'm the tour manager for uh, Hands Like Houses. They're playing tomorrow night. If I give you this laminate, will you come and just go wild like that? And so, because we got, we're shooting a music <laughs> video. I need somebody who's going to, like, actually crowd surf. <laughs> so he gave me, like, a backstage VIP laminate and everything. The guy still got it uh, to go to the, 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 the show the next day. And just, I was like, I actually like that band. I was like, hell yeah, I'll come throw down. That's pretty cool. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Dope stuff, man. That was a fun show. If, <laughs> if they have a music video out there, I'm probably in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, that wraps it up, you know. Like, really, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for, for hopping on. And like I said, we're looking forward to that new album. Thank you all. For sure. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, brother. Yo, so that was Coletta. Um, I just realized that I ended up 
like the recording stopped a little short, so we actually didn't get to hear them say goodbye and stuff. But man, they were cool for sure, man. Yeah. All right, so I guess we'll just uh, wrap this up and go through our uh, recent listens. What what have you been listening to, man? Oh uh, man, of course a lot of Coletta. Like, yeah, issue uh, with that band. I discovered them like over a year ago, before the summer, along with bands like Animal Jam, Dwelling, stuff like that. You know, they kind of they're like a wave of new Swan Chorus artists. You know, so a lot of dank stuff. So pretty exciting to interview interview them like a year or so later. Um, so yeah, of course them, along with a. Uh, a marionette, you know. I, I went back and checked out their single "Modern Disco." Shit, uh, that one's really catchy. Which one? Because they have like three of them. The newer <laughs> one? Uh, I think it's the first one. Came out. Okay. Oh yeah, shoot! Like that chorus got me nothing. Like got me nothing. Uh, I can't. I don't know, man. I can't. But that's that's a really catchy song. Check that out if y'all haven't, or if it's been a while. Um, Dang, I already put them on the last playlist, but, you know, I was listening to Tiny Moving Parts. You know, I, I'm i not sure what they're... Like, I've heard Emo. They can fonder that a bit. I don't know what you think. Yeah, they're part of... I think they're kind of part of that Emo revival scene, but, <laughs> I, like, a lot of people in the Swan Corps scene like them a lot because they're very technical and they do a lot of the, the Weedly Weedly. yeah. You know, um, our, our buddies in the C4 Cinema, like, I think they, they're they into them, and they recorded their uh, their last album with the same producer that, that did the Tiny Moving Parts album. Oh, wow, really? They worked together? Or... Yeah, yeah, same producer. But what is that it, or what else have you been listening to? Nah, um, shoot, uh, checked out... Um, adventurous song interlude you know so literally just the, it's like halfway through the album it's just a nice little uh a nice little jam uh like it's honestly just like a repeat of like chords and like the, it kind of goes off into like a solo thing and it, it's a nice little bop but you know i appreciate that uh and honestly like i've been kind of just jamming music with friends uh actually my friends have gotten me into bill murray and I've been checking out the album with uh, Wet Milk. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shoot. Uh, let's see the song. My feelings have feelings. I, I was really enjoying that. And it's interesting because I I heard like a, a track or two by them initially, and then I heard his feature on you know uh, Afterburner by Dance Gap and Dance. And uh, personally, like his featured like from what I heard before, it was like a, you know, kind of, it was rock and, and stuff like that. And then the feature was, uh, you know, this rap kind of thing going on. So I was like, you know, taking it back, you know, I was a little confused, but like, uh, I can definitely say I, I'm liking what I hear from what milk right now. Cause yeah, I like, I like what he's going, going on. So hell, I'm going to check out more of that. Um, but yeah, that's just a little bit of what I've been listening to. How about you, Moses? Um, Let's see. Well, to to add to the Bill Murray thing, he's actually like done a, at least a couple songs with Tillian. Really? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't Wet Milk have a song that features Tillian? Or he? I know he has a song with him. Um, he he did like an EP where it's yeah. him like uh, covering a bunch of uh, different songs, but it features other 
like vocalists and and musicians. And it's kind of funny because I always said like, dude, I, I really want to hear Tillian cover Halsey because I feel like his voice and like her songs like mesh well together. And like, I don't know, this was probably like maybe a year before, uh, before this like Halsey cover dropped. So I was like, oh, crazy. But to go to my recent listens, um, yeah, we were talking about the Acacia Strain. I was I was listening to that um, new album. You know, just kind of like getting into like heavier stuff. Um, oh, I've heard of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely check them out. Uh, there's a pop pop punk band from Florida, Magnolia Park, and they recently dropped a new song called "Sick of It All." Um, I think one of the guys from the band used to be in I Met a Yeti. Um, and he kind of did it, started doing his own thing, but I liked it a lot. It's, it's definitely kind of pushing pop punk forward, like more, kind of like a more new, fresh sound to it. Uh, what else have I been listening to? Gorillas, they dropped a new single that featured Schoolboy Q, who's like a highly underrated rapper that, that I love. Um, this band from from Loretto, Texas, called This Is Too Difficult. I was listening to them. Just kind of all over the place. Jaden Smith dropped a new single called Cabin Fever. And it's more like, I don't know, like less rappy, more kind of like like indie rockish. Which Interesting. Kind of, wow. Yeah. Um, I kind of dig that. And... I've been listening to Moose Blood a lot. They were a band from the UK that kind of came around after the emo pop punk revival. And they kind of brought like a kind of a unique style to that, to that pop punk emo revival sound. And yeah, they really stood out. Uh, like, I'm not sure what they've been up to, but, but they were, they were dope back in the day. Um, sure, and it's it's funny you mentioned Jaden Smith, but it's like I forgot like you know Will Smith's children did music, and I'm curious if uh, Willow Smith has anything new. Yeah, who knows? But she's she's actually a a really good singer. I think um, I haven't heard anything that that really stood out. Um, but I'm sure if she was to <laughs> get with like a a really good producer or songwriter, um, maybe some. Buddy, to guide her to the right direction, she'd be amazing. Yeah, I just remember like whip my hair and that whole thing. Oh yeah, no, she's done stuff way after that. That was cringy, and and <laughs> I feel bad for she's her. Younger than me, actually, I looked up. <laughs> I feel bad for her because I she I think she looks at it the same way too. Like she's like kind of embarrassed, but you know, you're a kid, whatever. You know, like yeah, for sure. that song was kind of. I think it was big, right? I'm, I'm not sure because I was way older. Yeah, I'm not sure. I wasn't was the right age demographic. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely something for, you know, probably me back then. But, yeah, it was definitely popular for a bit. Like, it was a thing. Yeah, um, I was listening to, uh, like, Tame Impala remixed this um, this song, Guilty Conscious, that's by this, like, Dallas artist named... 070 shake like i remember hearing about her a long time ago back when she was like 
a SoundCloud artist. You can't really call her rap, like, because it's more melodic and she she's like singing, but it's like very unique. And I remember listening to her when she only had like a couple thousand followers on SoundCloud, but um, back when, like a couple years back when, what was that Kanye West album that I think it was it called Yandi or I don't know, um, whatever the last Kanye West album that dropped and like there was a huge rollout uh, from Good Music, which is his label. Like there was a Pusher T album that came out and and the Kid Kid See Ghost, which is Kid Cudi and and Kanye album. She was like all over that. She was like featured all over, all over that album. She signed with Good Music, so it was pretty crazy that I don't know somebody that I was listening to like probably two years prior to that that only had a couple thousand followers on SoundCloud like blew up, and now she's like, you know, on these like huge records. So you know, shout out to her. Uh, I've been listening to the Kid Leroy's new album. He's Kind of like that emo SoundCloud, like kind of pushing what Juice World was doing. But the oh, interesting, really? yeah, interesting thing about him is from Australia. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Oh shoot! Is yeah, yeah, I really, I, I really dig what he's doing, and um, you know, like you don't hear like much music from Australia. I feel like, but they, I'm sure they have like a big scene out there. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't think I've heard like a, a rapper with an Australian accent. So that's a, that's interesting. Um, yeah, and he's more singing. Like you don't even hear the accent. Um, but besides that, just listening to his band, uh, Aveline Wallflower, which they're kind of like emo, and then uh, this band Mister, uh, who like featured. Uh, one of my favorite guitar players, um, his name was Tim, and he was in this other band uh, named Transit, but he, he passed away, like, he overdosed, like, maybe two years ago now. Like, it was tragic, because he's, he was yeah, one of my favorite guitar players, and, like, I don't, I don't know, that one, like, really hit hard, because, like, his music yeah. meant a lot to me, and as it did to, like, a lot of people, so. For sure, yeah. what was the band again? Uh, Misser, and then the other band he was in was called Transit. Yeah, they're definitely worth uh, worth a listen for sure. All right, well, yeah, I hate to see it, man. Right? Yeah, man. Kind of sucks to end it on a sad note like that, but yeah, yeah. that was the podcast, everybody. Yeah, um, <laughs> but no, that's know. a lot of new music I just added to my list. Shoot, appreciate it, Moses. No problem, man. Um, you know, find us at the Demo Team Podcast literally everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Where can they find you, David? Shoot, they can find me on Instagram at Pottinger.david. Uh, and then you can find me on um, Facebook at David Pottinger. Let's chat. I'm through being Mo on Instagram, and that was the podcast. Peace out, everybody. Yes, sir. Take care. Later.